Paul Harvey was a radio host many years ago, and he had a very famous program. And on his program, each and every uh, day, he would give a special kind of story. Uh, and in that story, he would have a, have, tell a tale. But then at the end of that, he would come back and say, but let me tell you the rest of the story. And that's kind of what we have here today. We have uh, a story uh, it is a great story, and it, if you will get out your Bibles today, you'll be able to follow along because we will be going into some scriptures. If you didn't happen to bring your Bible with you today, there's one in the front pew in front of you, uh, so I would encourage you to do that. We have David here. The story is uh, about David, this psalm, and his brokenness. And David, if you remember the story, began with very humble beginnings. He began as a shepherd boy. One of seven, uh, he had seven older brothers, and, and the prophet Samuel uh, had been told by the Lord that Saul was no longer to be king, and so he came to David's house, the house of Jesse, and, and he came to him, uh, and he said, I am looking for the next king, and so he presented each of the sons to him, and each and every one of them looked like they fit all the qualifications. Uh, they were handsome, they were good-looking, they were tall, they had all the attributes that you would think that a king should have. Uh, and, and, but then he said, no, none of these will do. Do you have any more? And he said, well, you know, there is one more. This little guy, my, my, my youngest, who is out in the field now with the sheep. Uh, well, and he said, bring him in. And that was David. And David was the one that was chosen. Uh, he was... Uh, he, later became a mighty warrior. We all know the story of David and Goliath, how even as a young child, young man, he went out and slayed the giant that all the rest of the armies were afraid to even attack or conquer. Uh, and, and God caused him to be a mighty warrior. Throughout all his life, he was a mighty warrior. Uh, in fact, to the, before he became king, people sang about him. And the thing that they would sing is that Saul had killed his, his hundreds, David has killed his thousands. So he was a mighty warrior. He was a fearless warrior. He was a man after God's own heart uh, because that's why God chose him was for his heart. So we have this story here about David and his brokenness. Uh, and so what it tells us is uh, now when king uh, is, is supposed to be out with his troops, David was at home. Uh, he is back home, and, and he is not where he is supposed to be. So this leads to his disobedience. Uh, if he had been where he was supposed to have been, this would not have happened. Uh, so David, and the story goes, David saw uh, this beautiful woman, and he desired her uh, because she was very beautiful. You know, Genesis, this is not something new. You go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, and, and we begin to see the pattern that we have throughout history. And that is this, a simple thing. First of all, there's, uh, here's Eve in the Garden of Eden, and, and she sees this, this fruit. And, and so she saw that tree that was good to eat. So you have the lust of the flesh. Uh, the next thing, she had the lust of the eye because she said, this is delightful to look at. And then finally, the pride of life, when Satan told her, this will make you as wise as God. This led to David's downfall. Just like in the garden, 
when, Eve and, and Dave, when Adam and Eve took of the fruit, David did the same thing. You know, temptation always puts you in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's what David has experienced now. So the story tells us that he lay with her and she became with child. So we'll now turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 6 through 9. And I'd like to read that. If you have your Bibles out, please go ahead and get them. Uh, and we will read this from Scripture. Then David sent word to Joab. Joab was his chief uh, of, the, of the army. Send me Uriah the Hittite. So Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked about Joab's well-being and that of the people and the condition of the war. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the king's house, and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. Now when they informed David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Did you not come from a journey? Why did you go down, not go down to your house? And Uriah said to David, The ark in Israel and Judah are in the open field, or staying in temporary shelters, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in the open field. Should I then go to my house to eat and drink and to sleep with my wife? By your life and the life of your soul, I will not do this thing. You know, that is an amazing uh, show and display of character. He would not allow himself the pleasure of going home to be with his wife. Uh, because the, his fellow warriors, the men that he was, was, was in arms with, the men that he fought with, were still out in the trenches. And because they were out in the trenches, still going through all the ordeals and all the rigors of war, he would not allow himself the comforts of home. Even though David tried to get him drunk, uh, he still slept on the doorstep. So you ask, got to ask yourself, well, why was his character so strong? What made him this way? Because how many people do you know would not take advantage of this situation? And, and what we find out is, as we continue on in Scripture, is that he was one of what would be called the mighty men. Now, who are the mighty men? The mighty men were the men of David's inner circle. Uh, they, were the, they were the ones who were the bravest of the brave. They were the elite, if you want to say they were the Navy SEALs. They were, they were the top of the line, most valiant warriors in there. If Later on, if you want to take, and, uh, take time to read some of the tales about some of their, warrior, some of their, their feats, it's simply amazing. Some of the guys that were named here in the Scripture one man killed 8,000 uh, people, enemy. Another had other fabulous true, uh, things that he went through. And they were just an amazing group of people who were loyal to David uh, and, and David alone. So uh, even though he, uh, he was this way, he was, uh, he was, they were out at this point in time in the field. And Bethlehem had been taken by the Philistines. And so David just made a casual comment. Uh, and he said, uh, 
You know, I remember growing up in Bethlehem how that, that one spring had, had such great water. It was just so refreshing. Uh, it would be fantastic if I would be able to get a drink of water from that, from that fountain, from that well. And, and David, was, it was just sort of an offhanded comment that he had made. Yet three of his mighty men said, David said he wants some water. Let's go get him some water. And so three of his men went into the enemy camp and somehow came out with water for David to drink. And when they brought it to him, he poured it out. He poured it out. And he said, uh, yet he would not drink it, but poured it out as an offering to the Lord and said, far be it from me, Lord, that I would do this. Should I drink the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives so he would not drink it? These, thring, these things the mighty men did. That's the character of the type of people that he's talking about here. That's the character of these men. In fact, the character was so great that he actually names each of these mighty men. And so you go through that list, and, and there's 37 of them in all. But then when you get to that list at the very bottom, the number 30, in, in number 39, chapter 39, and it names one other person. That other person was Uriah the Hittite. Uriah the Hittite was one of the mighty men. Uriah the Hittite uh, would literally give his life, all of these men would, for David. And so all they wanted to do was to please him. Uh, there was nothing that they would not do for him. And Uriah the Hittite was one of these loyal men who pledged their life to David, would do anything for him, and yet he was the one who was the husband of Bathsheba. So in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 14, I will read this, this to you. So in the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. He had written in the letter the following. Station Uriah on the front line of the fiercest battle and pull back from him so that he may be struck and killed. He is instructing his commander to have Uriah killed because he was covering up his sins. David directs his murder, uh, and this is the only way that he can think of to get himself out of this mess to cover up the sin which he had committed. You know, this is what makes David's sin so great. The fact that this is the length that he would go to to, to cover up his shame and his sin. He would have one of these mighty men, one of these men who would do anything in the world for him. He would have that man killed just to satisfy his own identity and hide himself from the fact that he had sinned and sinned greatly. So then we get to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 12. And I would invite you to read along with me as we read what happens next. So the Lord sent Nathan to David. 
Nathan came to him and said, There were two men in a certain city. One was rich, and the other one was poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cows, but the poor man had only one little female lamb that he had bought. He raised her, and she grew up in his home with his children. She would eat his food and drink from his cup. She rested in his arms and was like a daughter. Now a visitor came to the rich man. The rich man thought it would be a pity to take one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler. So he took the poor man's lamb and prepared her for the traveler. David burned with anger against the man. I solemnly swear as the Lord lives, he said to Nathan, the man who did this will the, the man who did this certainly deserves to die. And he must pay back four times to the price of the lamb because he did this and had no pity. You are the man, Nathan told David. This is what the Lord of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel. I rescued you from Saul. I gave you your master Saul's house and his wives. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if this weren't enough, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise my word by doing what I considered evil? You had Uriah the Hittite killed in battle. You took his wife as your wife. You used the Ammonite to kill him. So warfare will never leave your house because you despise me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Well, the, the deal is done. David has is, is been found out. Uh, now Uriah, when his wife heard that her husband Uriah, uh, when, when Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for her husband. Uh, and when the time of mourning was over, David sent his servants and had brought her to his house, and she became his wife. And then she bore him a son. But then scripture says this. But the thing that David had done was evil in the sight of the Lord. Be not deceived. Your sins will find you out. In a previous church uh, that we worshiped in, uh, in this particular Sunday, we had the, uh, the minister of music who was, who was due to preach that day. Uh, and the pastor was out of town. And uh, upon coming up to preach, this was his message. He said, be not deceived. Your sins will find you out. For, for what had happened was that over the weekend, they had found out that this minister had been unfaithful. And the, the pastor found out about it. The congregation found out about it at that moment. Everybody in the church knew exactly what had happened. And that was his message. That was what he said. He said, be not deceived. Your sins will find you out. Now, here's an important question today. Could God forgive David? Could God forgive David? David was the apple of his eye. David was the one that he chose. He chose David 
because of David's character. The people wanted Saul because he looked like what a king should look like. They chose, he chose David because of David's character. Could God forgive David? Perhaps a more important question would be, could God forgive me? Could he forgive me? If he could forgive David, could he forgive me? You know, God says this in Acts 13, 22. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. You know, there was none greater than David as you, as you study the Old Testament and you study the kings of the Old Testament. And it's interesting how every, every time a new king is introduced, it pretty much says one or two things. He was evil, he did evil in the sight of the Lord, or he did good in the sight of the Lord. And there were a few kings in the house of Judah that were good kings. There were none in the house of Israel. But there were a few in the house of Israel that were good kings. But none, none compared to David. David was always the gold standard. David was the one that was compared, uh, that all the others were compared to. So here's what I have to say today. If God could forgive David, could he forgive me? And could he forgive you? You know, all of us are sinners. All of us are saved by grace. We're so very blessed that we are. Uh, there's nothing that you have done that God can't forgive. And, and because of that, if today you'd like to turn your life around, you'd like to say, uh, I'd like a new chapter, I'd like to cl a clean slate, you can do it right here, and you can do it right now. You know, perhaps you would like to come and join this church, become a member. Uh, you're certainly welcome to do so. Or perhaps you're just ready to join and you would like to take this opportunity to do so. If that is you today, I encourage you to wait no more because God is willing to forgive you wherever you are. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you so much for your love and for your mercy. We ask, Lord, that you would touch the hearts of the people here today. Uh, Lord, uh, burn in their, their hearts this message that you love them and you'll forgive them no matter what. So please come. Thank you.
appreciate everybody coming today. It's been a good day to be in the house of the Lord. I want to thank each and every one of you. Now let's close in prayer. Father God, we are so grateful for you. We thank you for your many mercies. We thank you, Father, for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We pray, Lord, that you would just be with us the remainder of the day. Uh, guide us, guard us, and protect us, and keep us safe as only you can. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.